So I'll only deal with three doors of authorization the devil uses to access men. I told you last time when we spoke about five dimensions of prayer, that to command the attention of heaven, that I've just computed five dimensions, but it's not like there are five, they're infinite. They can be a thousand, they can be 10,000. But what we do, we select those that are expedient for a certain season, expedient for a certain civilization, which means if the doors are 100, the three doors that I have just uh, chosen, they are the doors that are expedient for the season that we are in and our civilization, which simply means that maybe when we get to 2022, 2023, I can come again with other three doors of authorization the devil uses to access men. I told you last time we spoke about five dimensions that when you hear someone after you go home speaking about other five dimensions that are different from the five dimensions that I've given you, you need to accept because these dimensions, they are infinite. Me, I can choose the ones that I got by revelation, those that have gone for a certain, again, dispensation and season. And another person there has got another revelation, can bring another door. So today, I only brought two, the three doors of authorization the devil uses to access men. And we want to know how demons operate in their system of operation and how they are arranged within their kingdom and what makes demons to be so potent, to be so clever, to be so uh, subtle in their system. Because one thing that we know, all of us, is that demons and the devil, they are so systematic. These are not just random demons that just does things randomly whenever they attack a person or they target a person they target a person systematically that's why in theology we have got what we call systematic theology systematic theology it teaches you to approach the gospel systematically to approach the devil systematically to approach life systematically we have got practical theology where you just you know practicalize things we have got general theology where you generalize things we, we, have, we have got um, different types of theology, uh, dogmatic theology, when you approach scriptures, you know, uh, dogmatically, but when you are dealing with the devil, the devil is very systematic. We can learn it from the book of Daniel, where the Bible says, God said unto Daniel, from the first day you set your mind to pray, I heard you and I released an answer to you. And there is a clergy and a class of systematic demons that is in Persia, which are called principalities that intercepted your prayer, your, your answer. So Daniel is praying, he's pushing, but the good part, Daniel was praying systematically because when he's praying, he's, he's praying, looking to Jerusalem, opening the window that is uh, towards Jerusalem, and he's pushing, and when he's pushing, he's not just praying and looking for an answer, but he's persisting. That's why we always say persistence, it breaks resistance. So he's praying, you know, he knew by revelation that an answer is already, has already been dropped in my spirit, but he did not stop. There is an antagonistic force of people in Babylon that is calling for his head to say Daniel is praying, let's stop him from, his, uh, from praying, and has been taken again to the authorities for praying, and he has been told that if we see you praying, we are going to kill you. And he knew that 
the people in Babylon, uh, especially Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, he, he became a king at 17 years old. After he led a battle, he went, he was sent by his father to Assyria to fight as a leader at 16 years old. And as a commander, he managed to annihilate the Assyrians. When he came back, he was made a king. So he's a man or a king that we call a, 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 a despotic king. A king who is not afraid of killing, that's a despotic king. A king who takes pleasure in killing. So Daniel, he knew that. So after Nebuchadnezzar saying, I'm going to kill you, Daniel could have kept quiet and, and he uh, hid himself under a, a bed. But he said, I'm going to persist to pray. And while he's opening the window, it means that whatever prayer that is going to make, the neighbors are going to hear. But the reason why Daniel is opening the window is not because the man, he wants to mock the king, to say, I'm going against your interdict. He knew that if I close the window, I'm closing the covenant that was made between Solomon and God. So he's pushing, persisting. But an answer has already been released. But there is a clash of systematic demonic clash of demons that has intercepted his prayer. And these demons are not afraid of prayer. They are not afraid again of angels. Gabriel is sent and assigned by God so that he may fight for the answer of Daniel. The Bible says when Gabriel reached that uh, dimension or region, the demons, they intercepted and Gabriel, after intercepting Gabriel, they took hold and hostage of, of Gabriel. Gabriel is fighting with these guys, and God knew, God himself, not a pastor, he realized and knew that Gabriel is about to be defeated. Then he had assigned now the chief commander of heaven, Michael, and he said, your brother Gabriel is fighting for Daniel. But I'm seeing that he's not going to prevail against these systematic demons. Then Michael came, fought against these principalities. Then he released, the Bible says he released Gabriel and he said, go and give an answer to Daniel. Then come back and help me to fight. Why? Because we are fighting with the systematic demons. That's why the Bible says our weapons, they are not carnal, but they are mighty in pulling down of every stronghold and every mind that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. So these are demonic strongholds. So when the devil sometimes wants to attack a human being or a generation, he does not attack only your body. He attacks the mind by putting strongholds within the mind. Strongholds that can make you to fail to conceptualize ideas, conceptualize your vision and your dream. So we want to know what makes these demons potent that from Africa, Asia, America, Europe, Caribbean countries, it, 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 it puts men in a common captivity that uh, people, when they are put in that common uh, captivity, they start to operate negatively in a such a way that you realize that there is a web in the system. If there is gayism or lesbianism in a country called Zimbabwe, you start, you can come to South Africa, Namibia, Tanzania, you go to America, you go to, 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 to United Kingdom, you go to Brazil, you go to Croatia, you realize that we have got men that wants to be women. What is this demon that is making people to be in a common uh, captivity? People in Zimbabwe, they are taking drugs. 
Nyaope, you come to South Africa, you go to Nigeria, you go to Uganda, you go to Namibia. People are put in the same captivity. What are these systematic demons? People are taking a castle light from as far as Malawi. You go to America. Men, they are perishing. Women are perishing with castle light. What is this system that is making and causing people to be in one common captivity? These demons are the same. People are committing suicide. You hear of suicide in Africa, suicide in Asia, suicide in America, suicide in Europe. What are these demons? We hear of divorces everywhere across the, the globe. They are caused by these strategic demons. Are, are we together? This is an orderly civilization of, uh, of demonic systems that knows how to operate. So we want to close three doors of authorization that the devil is using to access men, not only in Africa, but men in the whole world. Men, they are busy killing each other in every world. You go to Asia, Iraq, Afghanistan, you go to Qatar, to Oman, people are killing each other. Israel, which is one of the land that is regarded as the land of God, people are killing each other. You go to, to Zimbabwe, people are killing each other. If it's not a neighbor killing a neighbor, it's a political party killing its own people. If it's not a political party, it's its people killing the political party. People are killing each other everywhere. You go to Caribbean countries. These are demonic systems that has kept us in a common captivity. That's why I realized that things that are negative that happen in South Africa, if you go to a country like Lesotho, you can find that it's happening again. If I am a, someone who's promiscuous here, and I leave South Africa and I go to Bahamas, uh, there are demonic entities that are systematic that can place me in a location or locality that has got people that are in promiscuity, that I can even fit in easily. They know people that has been designed for my era. Are, are we together? Am I communicating to somebody? Man. I said, am I communicating to somebody? Man. So as a church, the body of Christ, the challenge with the body of Christ is that we have not yet built a network that can cover the whole world like the network that has been created by demons. We have not yet created and configured a powerful network that can network when we preach here, it can shift people that in Angola. The same weight of the kingdom can be moved from here to Haiti. We have not yet. The body of Christ is busy destroying itself. Go to social media, go to Instagram, go to Twitter. You will not even hear any Satanist who can come on Twitter or on social media to start attack any Satanist. They will never divulge their position. They can know that Nana Poku is the best in Ghana, but no one will come and say and challenge him. And he knows some of his clergy brothers. They will never do that. It's us Christians who can go and say there's a guy in a certain country called ABCD, and he is a, a, the biggest fetish priest. Them themselves, you never see them. He has been 1,000 followers attacking each other. Here in South Africa, we have got Satanists, we've got uh, Senkomas. In South Africa, we have got a fetish priest. But I've never seen any fetish priest coming on even Facebook and starting to attack and say there is another fetish priest in Pretoria Central. That one is fake. Me, I'm more powerful than him. 
and someone in Rustenburg attacking someone in Polokwane, someone in Polokwane attacking someone in Pumalanga, someone in Pumalanga. We have never seen. That's why it's very difficult for the body of Christ to know how they are operating because they've got a network of confidentiality. They've got a network of secrecy. They've got a network of love. They network their work. They know each other by either seeing some uh, 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 marks on the foreheads. When they see each other, you know what uh, 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 Satanists do? When a Satanist enters a bus or a train and there's another Satanist with an assignment that is the same with that assi assignment, the Satanist, the moment he sees that this Satanist is with the same assignment, he, 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 he disembarks from the train and he, he waits for another train. They don't work in confusion. If a Satanist enters this church and he sees that there's another Satanist that has already entered here, who wants to cause com confusion and commotion, he leaves. That's why there are some people that can enter and they sit two minutes. Before you know it, the person disappears. It's not like they are lost. Some people, they've got agendas. They don't have confusion. But look at the body of Christ. I, 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 there was a time when I used to train so much. A preacher like me, I enter a train. I start to preach. You enter in the same train again. You wait for me to finish. Then you sit. After I finish, I go to another uh, truck. The person that was listening to me will say, I ah, know that was not the gospel. The gospel is not about giving. The gospel is about Jesus Christ. So 15 people can preach to the same people at the same time coming from the same kingdom. So our network is questionable as the body of Christ. I can preach here at Church Square. After preaching, there may be three pastors who have come to preach. They wait for me to finish. After I finish, they hit me, they attack me. Maybe I'm preaching about fatherhood. And I say, you need to, you have a father. And they don't believe in fatherhood. They come, they start to attack me. There's nothing like that. You only have got God. God is your father. People, they say, yeah, the one who said God is your father. Some comes again. That's the network of the church. Are we together? I think you, you can see how the church has been defeated by the devil. We are confused at the body of Christ. But in the kingdom of the devil, you attack your brother, you are not allowed to come back to the camp. You attack another brother, you are demoted. So you must know even in witchcraft. In witchcraft, they believe in, 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 in ranks. They believe in respect. If I am a witch in this area, another witch, if she arrives, she first of all asks, if there is another wish that is in operation, if she's told that there is already another wish that is there, she leaves, she goes to Mamelody, she operates, they are territorial, these people. They take different territories. But as ministers of the gospel, if I know that this church is flourishing, I can even open my church behind here and I start to shout and to do... Why? Because there is confusion in the body of Christ. So we are going to, 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 to ask God this afternoon, to give us the grace to close the doors that are making the devil to enter and access us. Right now, the body of Christ, we don't really know the doors that we can use to enter and infiltrate the systems of the devil. We are doing what we call an occult force-seven approach when we are dealing with the demons. Right now in my family, if there's uh, someone with cancer or people are dying with cancer, we don't know doors to use to enter. Then we go to the root 
cause of the problem, then we disengage the root cause. We just pray abruptly. In the name of Jesus, let cancer disappear from my family because we are not systematic in our approach. If people in our family, they are divorcing every day, we don't know those, but the devil now knows the doors to use to enter into a person's life. Not only non-believers, even believers. And the first door that we are going to deal with is, is called covenants. Some short covenants. I don't tell you, short covenants. So when you are dealing with covenants, our, 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 our scripture that is going to help us is Genesis chapter 6, subsection 18. Then after that, we'll see what God is going to do with us. With us. Genesis chapter 6, verse 18. Covenants. Come on, somebody shout covenants. Covenants. Most of us, all what we know about covenants is the New and the Old Testament. And God is saying uh, unto Noah, chapter 6, verse 18, but I will establish my covenant. Somebody shout covenant. Covenants. What is a covenant? A covenant is a promise. It's a pledge that God makes with humanity or humans makes with the spirits. Covenants are not only between a man and man. They are between men and spirits. They are between God and man. That's why some of our struggles, the struggles that I have, they are covenants that were made between men, which are my forefathers, and the spirits. Because prior to Christianity, our forefathers, they were worshipping to idols. They were worshipping to ancestors. So they made covenants with ancestors that I'm giving you this family of the Chawaukas. And when they were making those covenants, there were some uh, legal terms and conditions that they placed down. Then they signed those legal conditions and terms and we were given now to those spirits. Are we together? So God is saying, I will establish my covenant with you and you shall come into the ark, you and your sons, and your wife and your son's wives with you. Son's wives with you. So it's God who's speaking to Noah, after God had spoken to Noah, that there's going to be a catastrophic in the whole earth. Then I'm going to cause the rain to come, and the rain was going to come from the ground. Then after that, I'm going to annihilate and destroy the whole earth. We know the uh, the, the story from Genesis chapter 1 that many kind it became wicked in that particular time and they were taking uh, uh, spirits and sleeping with spirits and the giants were given birth and God wanted to abolish and annihilate such civilization and when that transpired God now made a covenant with Noah that's one of the covenants that is called the Noahic covenant so what is a covenant a covenant is a system of authorization between two or more people ratified by the mystery of blood with mutual advantages if kept and severe consequences if violated. If you want to put it down, it will help you to understand covenants. What is a covenant? A covenant is a system. Come on, somebody shout system. system. It's a system of authorization between two or more people then ratified by the mystery of blood with mutual advantages if kept and severe consequences if violated.
So every covenant has got mutual advantages. We make a covenant that when enemies come to attack me, we are going to fight together. Then we make covenants. In the Old Testament, they used to make covenants with the blood. They used to make covenants with saliva. They could uh, spit saliva in each other's hand. Then the other one could spit saliva. They could mix saliva and greet each other. It could become a covenant. Again, they could uh, make another covenant that was called the Thai covenant, whereby I could, uh, I could sit on your right hand and the other one could sit. Then we speak now what we are expecting from the covenant. Because covenants were not the same. Some, they were part of covenants. So I sit there like what uh, uh, Abraham did to Eliezer. He said unto Eliezer, I want you to put your hand under my thigh. Then I'm going to make a covenant with you that after I'm gone, you are not going to allow my son Isaac to marry within these foreign women, but you are going to go back and take a wife for my son. So uh, Eliezer was tied through a covenant. Then another covenant was the blood covenant where two people you could cut uh, yourselves then you mix your blood and i believe that that time there was no hiv and other uh, demonic diseases because if they were there i don't think anyone was going to accept it so they could mix the blood after that then there was another covenant again it was uh, called book covenant a book covenant uh, this uh, you could uh, slay a bull after slaying a bull, you cut it in two. When you cut it in two, one, you, you could stand putting your leg, and the other one stand putting his leg here. Then the flesh of the bull is this side, and the other flesh of the bull will be this side. Then you make your covenants. You speak your words and say, I'll fight your battles. And you say, I'll fight your battles. I'll protect your family when you're, when you're dead. I'll protect your family when you're dead. These were covenants. But the covenants that were made with our forefathers, let's look at the covenants that were made with our forefathers. This is what happened. The gospel has not yet come to Africa. And because the gospel has not yet come to Africa, God was speaking to people according to the level of their understanding. So people could understand creation through idol worship. So God used to speak to the African community through ancestors. I heard in Zimbabwe through history uh, that... Uh, there was a time in 1880s that when you are hungry and you are in a bush, you could just sit under a certain tree and it's still there, that tree. Uh, then you start to clap your hands. After clapping hands, you ask a pup from the ancestors and say, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm hungry and uh, I'm your child, I need pap. And pap could, this could, could appear, you could eat. And it used to happen. So God used now to uh, deal with people according, because when God realizes that you don't understand him according to revelation, sometimes he stoops law to minister to you according to the level of your understanding. If you understand God through science, he can come through science, not because he's a scientific God, but he wants to capture you through science. Are we together? If you understand him through culture, that's why theology is captured uh, everything. When you're studying theology, they say uh, sources of theology is culture, tradition, it's science, it's scripture, it's revelation, it's the word of God. These are sources of, of theology. So if you want to understand God better, they say you must go to culture, you must go to tradition, you must go to scripture, you must go to revelation. Are we together? You must understand the confines of God's mind. 
So God used now to communicate with our ancestors and forefathers through ancestors. Then they made covenants with gods that were demonic and said, I'm giving you this family of Chawauka to you. I know that I'm going to go, but I give you this family to 300 years from today. I give you this family to 500 years to today. But they didn't know that there is a greater God who is above demons. They thought that the ancestors uh, were the greater authority. So we were given to those demons. We were given to those spirits. So these are covenant. That's why there are things that we are struggling with today. Not because we erred or we made mistakes. But we were given through covenants. And this demon could ask him, what are you going to give me? And our, our forefather, they said, I'm going to give you my daughters. I will give you my sons, they shall be your servants. And this spirit will say, it's fine, I'll protect your family. And the families were protected. Because in the olden days, a family was strong, not because of prosperity, but because of protection. That's why uh, the forefathers, they used to have 15 to 20 children. Because they had power in numbers. So the ancestral spirit could say, I'm giving you protection. So me as the Chawauka, I have no power to touch the Mboho because I know that the Mboho have got a spirit that they invoked. But these spirits now are not going to only affect the people in 1890s. They will even affect the people in 2016. That's why you finish now, it answers now your question. You finish your master's in, in, in medicine, master's in accounting, you work so hard but you are treated as a servant. Why? Because there is a covenant that was made between your forefather and spirits. Sometimes you work so hard like an elephant, but when you're about to eat, you eat like an ant. You are beautiful, you are handsome, but whenever you want to make a decision to marry, any person who comes to you, the person is a cheater. The person is so promiscuous. The person is a part, a animal. The person is not a marriage material. You ask yourself, what's wrong? These are covenants. So these are the doors, the first door that the devil is used now to, 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 to traffic. And this way, covenants that were done through the blood. Our forefathers, they slay animals. They could even slay human people, human beings. Because if we were 25 and the spirit asked for one child, they could not feel the pain of losing a child because we are 25. So they could give even their children to demons and to spirits and say, we shall be your servants. Right now, Brian is coming to South Africa. He's trying to work so hard, but things are not moving. And I don't know what's happening. I'm declaring, I'm praying money. I am fasting, but I don't know that there's a door of covenant. And one thing with covenants, covenants can never be casted out. You can be prayed for, but covenants are not, you know, you cannot be cast out and say, I cast out covenants from your life. Because these were done through mutual agreements. There are terms and agreements that were done for a covenant to be there. A covenant cannot just happen, but there should be a terms agreements, legal terms and agreements and a signing that is done. So you need to visit back if you want to deal with covenants, to visit back through revelation and start to inquire, probe what transpired. 
Then if revelation gives you now the knowledge, you start now to undo. If they did, they've spoken a word and say, I give you my sons a servant. You say, I refuse, I refuse. By revisiting back to the terms, then you read two terms, you break those terms, then you sign a new agreement with Jesus Christ. Are we together? I said, are we together? So that's why even when the white people came into this world, when they came to Africa, white people, they were so zealous, enthusiastic when it comes to the gospel. When they came, we were busy worshiping idols. We were busy, you know, you know, you know, immersed in ancestral worship. So when they came to our villages, what they did, they were holding the Gideons. Then they saw the small gods, you know, that were put by our fathers. They saw altars. They saw artifacts that were at our village. They saw, you know, a funny, a uh, griffin images of small gods. What they did, they started to say, we break these ones. We want to give you Jesus. We want to give you salvation. Then they took these gods. They broke the gods without power, without revelation, without the grace. They had the gospel of salvation, but they didn't have the gospel of power. They had the gospel of salvation, but they didn't have the, the gospel of the kingdom. So they broke those gods. And us, because they came with clothes, they came with food, and they gave the food, we allowed them to break those uh, altars. We allowed allow them to break these artifacts. After three weeks, they were found dead. And the report that went out was that they were attacked and affected with malaria. A lot of missionaries that came from United Kingdom, Canada, and America, they tied in Africa, and the report today is that they died with malaria. With now the knowledge that you have as a child of God, it was not malaria. Why they touched the ghost that yet a covenant with the families. And when you touch a God like that, the God will kill you. So they didn't know what they were doing. So they broke our gods. They broke your ancestors' gods. And after three weeks, they started to have funny. It was, if you read about missionaries, you understand that they started to develop funny diseases. And after that, they died. These were ghosts that were hitting them. Are we together? So covenants, you know, they need to, to, to be treated with revelation. That's why there are people uh, that went to mountains. I used to do it, you know, without revelation. They went to the mountains with the seal. They saw altars that were in the mountains. They saw altars that were in caves. They started to break altars. I once went to a certain mountain in a certain place in Guerum, and I saw pictures of people in that mountain that were uh, pinned on trees that were written, you never get married. You know, there were a lot of things that were written there. And one of the ministers that I was with was sinners and he said, man of God, let's deliver these people. Let's break those uh, pictures. And I said, are not with me. Because we are touching covenants that were made. Some people, they went even to the bushes they, they saw artifacts because of zeal. You know, when you are growing as a child of God, there's too much zeal. You start to kick those altars. Some of the things that are affecting us, we, these are self-inflicted in cases that we brought because of zeal. Are we together? When we're growing up, uh, especially in the country where I grew up, whenever you could pass through a, a, a junction, you could see a hen some hundred US dollar, some eggs that are broken on that junction. Myself with my friends, we used to pick those monies 
because we were ignorant, but ignorance will not exempt you from being affected. Because this person has come in the middle of the night and said, I'm, I'm putting this hundred US dollar and I am giving you my God. I am leaving this uh, chicken. I am breaking this legs, my eggs. I am putting uh, this uh, whatsoever mura that they could put there or mutis that, that they could put there. And I am declaring that I will never become poor. And I'm declaring that as I give you my God, this hundred US, whoever is going to take this hundred is going to get my place. I am poor and coming from the family that is poor. So I am exempting myself from demonic systems that keeps us in captivity of poverty. Then us, because we're ignorant, would come, we pick the hundred years, we just you know, wipe it, you know, we take out the eggs that are there, we go, we buy things. We did that in ignorance, but these things, they are effectual. Because these are systemic demons. These demons, they will not just say, I will analyze it because the $100 has been taken. The spirit that was supposed to be going to the waters, it comes to you. Why? Because of covenants. That was such covenants. I don't hear you, such covenants. That's why God he made covenants with the different things. He made covenants when he created in the book of Genesis. One, he made covenants with the plants. And he said unto the plants, you will not just produce, but you are going to produce of your own kind. If you are a mango, you will produce mango. If God had not made covenants with these trees, they were going to just produce as they will. You are going to produce, if an avocado, you are produce avocados. If you are a lemon, you produce lemons. If you are a guava, you produce guavas. He made covenants. These are called territorial covenants. Uh, covenants. Then he made covenants with Noah. One covenant that God made with Noah that is prophetic and apostolic. He said unto Noah, in seed time, it they shall be seed time, and it will not pass. In harvest, you shall harvest it. So, seed time, you have seeds to seed. Then when it comes to harvest, you are going to harvest it. This is the Noahic uh, covenant that Noah, whatever you could do and put on the ground, you could make sure that there's production. That's a covenant. This are called personal covenants. So the first covenant that he made was a territorial covenant. He said, I'm going to cause a rainbow to be upon the earth and in the sky. Then when you see the rainbow, know that I'm not going to destroy people in your time. Then I'm going to cause you have seeds in your hand. Then when you put that seed, irregardless of the state of the affairs of the ground, state of the affairs of the politics under and, and during your time, state of the affairs of the climate, you are going to harvest it. These are called personal covenants. Come on, somebody shout covenants. I told you shout covenants. That's why you realize that Israelites, where they are right now in, in Israel, in this particular time where we are, these guys that you call Israelites, you always say, want to go to Israel. These people, they don't respect God. They are, they are farming in this area. They always curse the God of Abraham, these Israelites. But they produce in plenty. If you go to Israel right now, they produce fruits. They are in agriculture. They are farming in a sandy place. Why? Because God has made covenant with Abraham. And Abraham has secured Israel and has put covenants. So they are titled this that Abraham has with God. 
we see the land that is called Israel, either it's, it's, it's being habitated by uh, thieves or robbers, anyone who is there shall produce. Either the habitants are witches, because there is a covenant of plenty, they will have plenty. So these Israelites, they always say there's no, you know, they curse the God of Abraham, they speak about Allah, they speak about natural gods, but they are making it. Right now, if you want to, 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 to study about fruits, you understand that uh, the most productive fruits and the fruits that are being used and imported in different countries, they are coming from Israel. Where are they farming? You go to Israel, they are in the sandy and rocky areas. So they are eating out of the covenant. I want to prophesy. Let God give you the grace to engage into a godly covenant. Ishmael had access to the covenant of God through Abraham. So we can route now and say, okay, I don't know the man that has made covenants of poverty, covenants of miscarriage, covenants, covenants of error in my family. I don't know. So how am I going to make it? Let's now route through Abraham. That's why the Bible says, if we are God's children and Abraham's children, then the blessing of God is on us. So that's why we can claim and say, Abraham's blessings are mine. So when I speak that, I know that things will start to happen. When I claim that Abraham's power is mine, power will start to follow me. So we are coming from different demonic and satanic covenants that the devil is using to control our lives. And number two, disobedience becomes another authority and access that the devil uses to traffic in people's lives. Disobedience. Somebody shout disobedience. disobedience. I don't you shout disobedience. Deuteronomy chapter 28 from verse 1, you understand when God is speaking to his people. Disobedience is a force. Come on, somebody shout disobedience is a force. So when we say disobedience is a force, in the spirit, just as obedience is a force, obedience is a force. The Bible says obedience is greater than sacrifice. As obedience is greater than sacrifice, disobedience, again, in the realms of the spirit is so great. So it's a force in the realm of the spirit, disobedience. It can deprive you of the things that are supposed to come to you by rights. It can deprive you of the things and the places which you are supposed to be going to. Deuteronomy chapter 28 from verse 1. And it shall come to pass that if you are diligent and just to do what I have commanded you today. That's God who is speaking to the Israelites. The Lord thy God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. If you are diligent and just to do what I have commanded you today, the Lord thy God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. Verse 2, all these blessings will pursue you and overtake you and if thou shalt hearken to the voice of the Lord. Are you hearing this? The Bible says the blessings will pursue you and it overtake you if thou shalt hearken to the voice of the Lord, which means these blessings, they, they, are, they are not with us, and you've left them 
already. And we are moving with curses. We don't have blessings. We are ahead of blessings. But because I am obedient, blessings will look at me and say, the man is already in Polokohane. What should we do? They will personify themselves and they will transform from being a spiritual entity to be a physical entity. They will pursue you if you run. Okay, you can leave South Africa. That's what the Bible says. You can leave South Africa and say, I want to go and start life in Canada. While you are running from poverty, then you go to Canada. But you reach Canada, the blessings are not with you. Why? Because you are disobedient. But while you are in Canada, you start now to obey God and say, God, I want to be diligent and I want to be just. The Bible says the blessings that you've left in South Africa, it will pursue you to Canada. Then maybe you've left Canada, you are now in Australia. Somebody has called you and said, there are greener pastors in Australia. They will come to Canada and if they miss you in Canada, they will look for you in Australia. They will pursue. That's what the word of God says, pursue. And they will catch up with you. After catching you up, they will make you to be a blessing in that nation. After you become a blessing, the Bible says, they will overtake you. When now a blessing overtakes me, it means when I'm in Australia, the blessing will go and locate another place and another miracle and another breakthrough for me in the United States. Before even I think of United States, there's already a company that is looking for me, that has already built a house for me, that has already put systems that are going to support me. So when I'm in Australia and things are tight for me, before I know it, someone in America will just call me, or maybe I'm on the internet. Then I see a vacancy and I just apply. They will say, we want you tomorrow. We have got a house for you, we have got a car for you, and we are going to give you permanent residence. While you are in America, the same blessing will overtake you and it will go to Brazil. Some other company in Brazil with better money, maybe in America given 20,000 US, which is like 280,000 rands here. Some other company in Brazil will start again to look for you. They don't know you, they've never heard about you, but they'll build a house that has got 15 bedrooms and say, we are building it for the person who's going to fill this vacancy. Why? Because the blessing is already overtaking you. Ah, can I promise you like I feel it? Come on, someone shout out the blessing overtake me. Blessing overtake me. The blessing overtake me. Then the blessing will go to Brazil. While you are looking for another job, a company will just call you and say, we want to give you 100,000 US dollars, which is roughly 1.2 million. And you say, what's happening with me? What you are doing is only obedience. You have, you have now closed the doors through disobedience. Now you are obeying the word of God. These blessings overtake you. And this same blessing, they will overtake you and come back to the uh, country of your nativity. Because God knows that after some years, you will need to go back to your country. God will give you the grace to build in your country. People, those will see projects coming out. And they'll start to say, who is doing this? They'll say, hey, this person is in America, but he's building hotels in Africa. The time you think of coming back to Africa after 30 years, you come back and enter a mansion. What has happened? The blessing of God has overtaken me. So when the blessing now has overtaken you, it will not affect you, it will affect your family. Your children's children, they'll eat of that blessing. The blessing that was upon Abraham overtook Abraham that Abraham could not contain the blessing. 
That's why when he gave now, he said, I've given for myself, but it's time for me to give for Sethi. It's time for me to give for Levi. It's time for me to give for the people that are about to come. Come on, somebody shout blessings. And verse 3, the Bible says, and it's time now to, effect, to list the blessings. I increase you and increase on the fruit of your body. The Bible says, I will increase the fruits of your body. When you are speaking of the fruits of your body, you are speaking of children. And when the Bible says, I'm increasing the fruits of your body, it's not like God is saying, I'll give you many, many children only. It's not about a lot of children, but it's about intelligence on your offspring. It's about know-how on your offspring. It's about power. Your children, they'll become so hyper-intelligent at school. They'll become known in their environment. You'll give birth to a lawyer. Before you know it, you give birth to a doctor. Before you know it, you give birth to, to a president. You give birth to a preacher. You give birth to a, a business tycoon. You give birth to an engineer. You give birth to a pilot. That's an increase in the fruit of your body. It's not like, you know, like what the white garments do. They take this uh, uh, scripture, then they marry many women, then they have got 35 children that they cannot take care of. You look at them, they are looking like this. They've got kwashiok. You start now to equate what they have with the, with the, with the verse and start, okay, if God wants to increase people and cause people not to have the ability to take care of their children. No, that's not the blessing that God is talking about. He's not speaking of me having 52 children or 15 children like I want to, you know, uh, start a racket, uh, a team. No, he's speaking of five, but that are hyper-intelligent. Whereby, when we are the country saying God gave us a president, God will say, In your loins, I'll cause a president to come out of you. When the people are saying, No, we need a doctor or a scientist who is going to finish this COVID 19, God will say, According to the scripture, I'll bless the seed of your body. You bring a scientist from your body. Then the men at school, do you know their children that have been looking at eight, five years? A child is very intelligent and hyper. You see a child even uh, being a, a scientific person, knowing how to put parts together, creating a, a car or an aeroplane. I was looking at um, Mark Zuckerberg's child. Uh, he's around four years, but the, 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 the child is a computer guru. Last time he was even appreciating the child the child played one of the most difficult games that uh, children, in fact, men play around the world. And when you win it, you are given 10 million to just play that game, and you have to play it for three months. And his child, Mark Zuckerberg, finished the game within three weeks and was given 10 million. So he was saying, I already have the money. The issue was not about money, but I'm happy because my child has managed to finish a game that has been started 20 years ago within three weeks. That's hyper-intelligence, are we together? A child at five years knows how to mix medicine. And you are good, you know, while you're home, that, you know, we are seeing your child is mixing some herbs together, but you are realizing this is not, these are not just herbs, this is a paracetamol. We tried to test it in the laboratory, they are saying, ha, I think it's the vaccine to COVID-19. That's the increase and the blessing of the fruit of your body, are we together? So the Bible is saying, when you are obedient, I'm going to do that to you. You will give birth to results and answers to the nations. People are looking for solutions and answers. 
and they don't have answers. And the Bible says, verse 16 now, that's where the tragedy is on verse 16. If you disobey, just shall thy be in the city. That's disobedient, the door that authorizes cases to enter. If I disobey, I'm going to be cased in the city, not only in the community. Do you know, it's better for you to be cased in a community or cased in a certain locality, not just in the city. Which means if I'm staying in Pretoria, I may try to go and do business in Marawa Street. Because I'm cased, nothing can happen. I can go as far as social government, as long as social government is under city, I cannot make it. I can go to Centurion as long as it's under... Do you know there are people who are cased within NOS, their community? But the moment they go to, 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 to Arcadia, they start to sell tomatoes, they make it. The moment they go to my melody and they start to say Maguina, they make it. But God is saying you'll be cased in the city. Which means if you live, as long as it's a city, God is saying not Pretoria. If I live, if as long as I stay in a place called city, I'm cased in. So if I leave the city of Pretoria and I go to Jobek, the Bible says. If I disobey God, I'll be cursed in Jobek. So I become a, you know, a person that is cursed territorially. That's why there are people that they leave Pretoria and go to Cape Town. Things, they don't happen. They go to Polokwane, things are not happening. Any city, you'll be cursed. Number two, cursed shall die be in the field. What is a field? A field is a place of uh, expertise. A place where you can exhibit your gift and your talent. That's a field. A place where you know that, okay, me, God has created me to be a singer. You can become a singer, nothing will happen. You become a soccer player, nothing will happen. You will never even get to Premier League. You always play in Mississippi League. You always play in lower divisions. Having an astute gift, first, are you in the field? Then when it comes to your business, there is a case in your business, that's your field. When it comes, sorry, in your academics, there are cases that will start to follow you. Are you, are you seeing the tragedy of disobedience? Then the Bible says, case shall die be your basket. When you are speaking of basket, we can acquit it now to the men who dreamt carrying three baskets. The Bible says, there was a man who dreamt carrying three baskets and the birds came and started to eat a lot of things from the basket. If I give a basket right now, that is full of cakes. The first thing I'll be happy to say I was carrying a basket, it had food. So God is, is increasing me. That's what I do. I'll be coming and testify and say, I thank God I saw baskets that were on top of each other. Even if you know you got a prophet and a pastor, you tell you that no, no, carrying baskets with bread, with cakes. Prosperity, but Joseph now is saying, Men, as you are killing the basket, birds are eating. No, that's not the increase. You are cursed, you are going to die. And the men looked at Joseph and said, How am I going to die? And said, No, you are not only going to, to die, the birds that you saw eating cats to eat your body. That's the interpretation. Cast is your basket. So this man had baskets, this man had gifts, but Joseph is saying, No, you shall be killed by Pharaoh. And the birds are going to eat you. Are we together? I want to prophesy. Your basket is not going to be cursed. And the Bible is saying, Cursed shall be the fruit of your body and the increase of your land as well as your livestock. We spoke about the increase of our body. 
So which means whatever positive that I spoke about, they will become negative. And the Bible says, cursed shall thy be when coming. So you'll be cursed when coming. Either you're coming to South Africa, you'll be cursed. Either you are coming to, to, to maybe you are coming to America, you are cursed in America. You come to Zimbabwe, you are cursed in America. Okay, maybe you choose not to come. And you choose to go out. Uh, hear what God is saying. Cursed shall thy be when going out. So you, you cannot run away. You chose not to come. You say, no, I'm not going to come in. I will stay where I am. Or I'm going to go out. The Bible says, cursed are you when you go out. Through disobedience. Come on, somebody shout disobedience. So men cannot just be disobedient. There is always a spirit that works in a man to cause a man to be disobedient because Satan knows that if he does not sponsor your disobedience, you will not give him sufficient access to function in your life. So some of disobedience that we see, they are not premeditated disobedience. These are spiritual disobedience. I can be disobedient, but the devil will try by all means to punctuate and to stimulate my disobedience so that I may disobey enough. So he knows that if I use my ability, men are not wicked by design. Men are not wicked. They have got a level where they can stop from being wicked. Myself, I can fight with you, first fight, when I see the blood maybe coming from your nose. There is a spirit in me that can say, no, you have hit me. But if you see me hitting you and I continue to hit you, it's no longer me. So men, in as much as you say they are wicked, do you know men, 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 if I bewitch you today, and one day I see you walking around the streets of Pretoria naked, you know, you know, you are eating in the bean, I can feel sorry for you, and go back home, and I start to speak to Baba, and say, Baba, you know, you know, just, uh, just uh, release the temple, and release, you know, the, the treasure, and the extensiveness of the madness. I can do that. But the devil now, he always sponsors now my wickedness so that I can be more wicked here. That even I, I see you struggling, I will not feel remorse. I want to prophesy that I'm not going to be disobedient over God. I will be obedient in every aspect, in, in every area. I will not fight against the scriptures of God and the revelation of God. Number three, the third authorization is ignorance. Somebody shout ignorance. ignorance. I don't hear you shout ignorance. ignorance. The Bible says, uh, having, that is Ephesians chapter 4, subsection 18, having their understanding darkened, alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. So a man who is ignorant or a woman who is ignorant or state in, of insufficient understanding is a gate pass for Satan and demons to come and affect you and he can come and shred you into pieces. So I always told you that when we are speaking of ignorance, ignorance is when a person is void of information or a person does not understand. But I always told you that a person with information but who does not know how to appropriate the information and how to use it is, 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 is in a position of being attacked by demons and in a position again of not 
you know, uh, making it spiritually. Why? Because it differs not from a person without, you know, knowledge. So if I have knowledge, I must know how to appropriate my knowledge. If I have got understanding, I must know how to use my understanding. I may understand, but not know how to understand. That it can make me to be subject to demonic attacks. So if I am ignorant, I have opened a gate for the devil and demons to traffic. But I want to prophesy this afternoon that these three tributaries, accesses that I've spoken of, let God give us the grace to close them one by one. And we must know how to deal with these three doors. If it's a covenant that has opened a door for the devil to traffic in my life, I must know how to deal with covenants. If it is disobedience, I must know how to deal with disobedience. If it is ignorance, I must know the system that I must employ to deal with ignorance. Why? Because many men have done well to break curses. They have done well to understand scriptures through the word of obedience. Then they operated in obedience, but they have not received the grace for spiritual intelligence to know now what to do when I know that there are covenants in my life. They have not received spiritual intelligence to know now how to deal with this spirit of disobedience, with this spirit of ignorance. So this afternoon we want to pray and say, God, I'll give us the grace to close these doors that the devil has been using to traffic. All the chaos in the nations of the world are predicated on these three systems, the chaos that we see, they are predicated on these three systems. Just imagine if now people are not ignorant, the body of Christ is not ignorant, scientists are not ignorant, COVID-19 could not be affected. But there is insufficient knowledge that we have, insufficient revelation and understanding to the body of Christ. We are looking for a person with sufficient knowledge to tell us the way to go. If people are obedient, these cases that we are seeing in this world, our presidents have been disobedient, our ministers of the gospel has been disobedient, you know, the human family has been disobedient. If you have seen God being angry from Genesis to Malachi, God has been angry over people that have been disobedient. In the wilderness, they perished. Why? Because they were disobedient. When God destroyed uh, the world in the book of Genesis chapter 6, it was because of disobedience. When God rose up against Saul, it was because of disobedience. When God rose up against David, it was because of disobedience. So we want to pray this afternoon and say, God, give us the grace that we may close doors that were opened by our ancestors, that brought satanic and demonic covenants, that brought this spiritual covenants that has kept us in captivity for many years. We can't continue to operate in captivity. That's why Ezekiel said that this prophet that was spoken of in the book of Jeremiah, that our fathers, they sinned and they are no more, and we have inherited their iniquity. And Ezekiel said this prophet will not be used against us no more. 
Every man is going to stand for his error. And every woman is going to stand for his error. I refuse to be under the subjection of demonic systems for my family. My father, my ancestors, they danced before masquerading. My father or your father was the one who was playing the drum. Your mother was the one who was playing, you know, the tumbrel and the lyre. When they were doing that, they didn't know that they were making satanic and demonic covenants. They thought that they were just jubilating. They thought that it was just a grouping of people. I see 1917, 1920, your forefather is the one who is peace dressing masquerading. He does not know that he's creating satanic and systematic spiritual demons to traffic in our families. Right now we are here. In 2021, we are affected with those things. I decree and I declare that is not going to touch you. Can I prophesy like a feeling? I saw your father was the one who was feeding those goblins in 1909. He didn't know that he's creating commotion for us. You see the level of ignorance that people have in our time is too much. It cannot be because of our civilization. There is a case that predates our coming in this world. I prophesy those doors, let them be open and closed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Those demonic and satanic doors, I want you to stand to your feet. And I want you to pray according. You know where you are coming from. This teaching, it must make you to be angry. I know where I'm coming from. And I know where my failures are. I know where my weaknesses are. I know things that I cannot do. Places that I cannot go. Rivers that I'm failing to cross over. I know that I want to fly like an eagle, but I'm failing to fly like an eagle. It's not because you are down. Child of God, I want to tell you that when you see people not getting money, people not getting jobs, it's not because they are down. No, no, no. People are not down. People, they are working so hard. People are workaholic. But it seems like there's a system, a clinch, a blockage that is working against our lives. That has been put that in. Go, but don't go to so far. That's why Pharaoh said unto Moses, I'm allowing you to go, but go. But you're not going to go so far. I'm going to follow you, and I'm going to attack you. But we are praying to do a God of power, the God of Israel, who said unto Moses, the Egyptians that you see today, you ain't going to see them no more. I'm closing that door. If they are going to try to enter through the same door, I'm going to deal with them. That's why the Bible says when the Israelites passed through the Red Sea, it was a door. The Egyptians, they said, we are going to follow using the same door. But God said, I'm going to close the society and I'm going to kill them. I'll kill the rider and his horses. And the chariots are going to be destroyed that particular day. Whatever door, devil, you are going to use to traffic in my life, in my fellowship, I declare, let God kill my demons. Let the power of the Holy Spirit destroy the demons that are affecting my family. God said unto Daniel, your persistence has brought results. So I know that you prayed about the child of God. You hear that in your family there is a problem. You prayed about it. You fasted about it. But it seems like the problem is not shifting and changing. I give you this opportunity to pray about it. To, 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 to cry about it. To declare it. Come on somebody. Lift up your voice and say to pray. Because...
In Jesus' mighty name, allow me to pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, we bless you, we exalt you this afternoon. We appreciate you for companies that are being nullified, companies that are being dealt with by the power of the Holy Ghost. We thank you, Holy Spirit, because we are in a new covenant through your blood. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are coming from blasts that are speaking negatives, blasts of failures. But as we pray right now, Holy Ghost, we pray and we prophesy the blood of Jesus that speaks a better message than the blood of Abel. I pray, Holy Spirit. That we will be obedient to word, obedient to the visions, dreams that you are going to give unto us, and to blessings that will follow us and overtake us. I counsel any spirit that devil has been using as a spell to cause us to disobey you. I now like a counsel, I now fight by the power of In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I counsel ignorance in our lives. I prophesy knowledge, understanding that comes from God. Spiritual intelligence. I speak it over our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let the church of God shout a glorious amen. amen. You can do better. You can do better. 